Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Ultimately, I just knew that I wanted to stay grounded in my own ideals, and it's the advice that I give you at the end of each and every episode of this podcast, which is to realize that you are a leader no matter who you are or where you are. Welcome to the Leader of Learning podcast. This is where educators can come to find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Krinas, and my research and leadership experiences have led me to understand that someone like you, regardless of your role or your title, can truly make an impact in your organization. I chat with amazing guests who epitomize what it truly means to be a leader of learning. I'm so glad you've tuned in. Let's get started. Hey there, Leader of Learning, and welcome back for episode 123, and I apologize for such a long layoff and a long hiatus in between episodes. You know, when I last came on here in episode 122, uh, I told you that there might be a little bit of a slowdown in uh, in releasing episodes, Um, and in this episode, I I really want to share why. Uh, and I want to open up and, and get a little vulnerable as I talk about why I resigned as an assistant principal. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So in that last episode, when it was published, I announced that I had taken a position as an assistant principal in one of the largest cities in New York State, not named New York City. But after only about three months, I actually resigned to reassume the role that I left over the summer as an instructional coach for digital learning back in Connecticut. While I've been on a hiatus from the podcast, And as we've experienced the first quarter to third of the 2021-2022 school year, I've certainly noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed as well, that we are currently navigating through some of the toughest times we've ever had to experience in education. I've seen through being connected to so many educators on social media, so many educators and leaders are stressed out, burned out, and frankly, some who are just feeling like they're done working in this field. Now, I'm not at the point at which I would leave education. However, at the end of the day, 
I knew that this opportunity was not the right one for me and probably not the right one for me at this time. So like I said, I just want to get a bit vulnerable here and, and explain why I took the position in the first place and of course why I really ultimately decided to leave. Now to be honest, I took an AP position because it's a position that I sought for a long time. I've been in education for over 15 years, and I believe that out of those years, I've been certified as an administrator for probably about 10 or 12 of them. Uh, so something that I realized early in my career was that I really wanted to dip my toes into the leadership waters at some point um, and, and become an administrator. And I guess I thought that being an assistant principal and having that position was really almost like a gateway into just about any administrative position that you would want. If you want to become a principal, then being assistant principal is a great way to go. If you want to have a, a district level leadership position and one that may be even more instructionally focused, then you probably need building level leadership experience and therefore being an assistant principal would be great for getting that experience. And I think ideally um, I know about myself that I have always loved having a seat at the table when it comes to building leadership. You know, really having the opportunity to meet with and influence and collaborate with other leaders who are helping to shape a school and, and really drive uh, the success or failure of that school uh, is something that, that I really enjoy doing and, and I've kind of lavished um, throughout my career. So initially, um, you know, I was, I was really, obviously I was excited uh, about getting an assistant principal position. I was really excited to hear that I was being placed in one of the top schools in that district, a decision that I was told would make all of the other assistant principals throughout the district jealous, as a matter of fact. Let me explain actually a little bit about that. So in some districts, I don't know about yours, um, the administrators especially are hired at a district level, uh, meaning that the superintendent or other district level administrators do the interviews and conduct uh, the, the, at least parts of the hiring process. And then uh, either those candidates are referred to building level leaders or what I think happens more often than not is that they're hired and then they're placed at whatever school uh, the, the district administrators feel like they will do best at or fit best in. And so uh, I was put in a school that, you know, it was, it was said that that was one of the top schools in the district. And I was really excited about that. As a matter of fact, the assistant superintendent herself reached out to me to let me know of the school. And I remember my family and I were actually on vacation and we were at Universal Studios in Florida when I found out and, and I got really excited. Um, plus, I love the idea of potentially getting to make an impact as an educational leader in the city where I first lived as a child, uh, where my parents and grandparents and basically my entire extended family are from. 
So really, those were the reasons why I was very excited to take the job. And if you go back and listen to that last episode of the podcast, uh, I think you'll pick up on the fact that, that I was really excited about it. However, the first few months on the job and in the district just didn't feel right for me. On paper, everything seems like it should have worked out well. We had a great administrative structure in place where we had six assistant principals who would each oversee a different grade level uh, because the, the school was grades six through 12. And there was a veteran presence among the administrative team where actually the principal and I were the only ones coming into this school year as being new to the district. After just a week or two, I have to admit, I even called my wife to tell her that I didn't think things were working out. Uh, at the time, I was grateful to her for talking me out of doing what I was thinking of doing, which was actually to rescind my resignation in my previous district. She explained that what I was feeling could probably best be chalked up to growing pains and that I'd have to stick it out and basically pay my dues. But things to me never got much more comfortable. People have said to me that I should have expected to have to deal a lot with student discipline because, well, that's what assistant principals do. But I still maintain that the school did not have enough systems and supports in place for both staff and students when it came to student behaviors. It became very clear very quickly that most of my work each day was going to be devoted to dealing with students and their behaviors when really I feel most comfortable given my extensive experience as an instructional coach working with and supporting staff. This unfortunately became a very minimal part of the job, in my opinion. This year has been harder than most with regard to students' behaviors, coming off two prior school years which have had to look very different given the global pandemic, remote teaching and learning, quarantining, all of that. I probably don't have to tell you that student behaviors have been arguably harder to deal with this year than ever before. I found myself meeting with students, calling parents about discipline issues constantly, ranging from your garden variety behavioral outbursts in classrooms and common areas to skipping class to bullying, etc. That's not to mention the dozen or so suspensions I had to dole out just in the months of September and October, which ranged from bullying to fighting, even drugs and weapons. So I really felt like I was missing the part of the job that I thought would allow me more opportunities to work with staff rather than just dealing with student issues so much. It meant so much to me to hear the district superintendent tell all the new administrators across the district that his expectation of us was that improving instruction is your number one goal and to try and block out all the other stuff that gets in the way of that, including student discipline. However, as I said already, it just seemed like my school didn't have the systems to allow me to do that. In fact, my principal, who had us read the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, would often refer to these things as quicksand. He would tell the other assistant principals and me to try not to get caught in the sand or to stay away from it 
and focus on what he called the five big rocks, which were the five non-negotiable instructional leadership goals that we were supposed to focus more on, like visiting classrooms daily. In reality, the walkie-talkie system became the biggest grain of sand of them all for me. I was constantly summoned all over the building to find students, handle discipline issues, have meetings, all sorts of things. You know how people who wear Fitbit devices or track their steps will shoot to take at least 10,000 steps a day? Well, to be honest, there were many days when I hoped to take fewer than 10,000, but it just didn't happen. I have to admit that Part of the fact that working with staff became minimized was because I was still waiting for my administrative certification to be renewed, and so I was not yet able to observe and meet with teachers as part of their evaluation process. To be honest, the whole certification thing actually became one of the biggest reasons why I left. Out of respect to the district, I don't want to go into too much detail here, but basically, there's a policy in place that caused me to be extremely underpaid during the months that I worked there. I'm sure that had I stayed even a month longer, that that situation would have worked itself out. But to be honest, I panicked. Somehow, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, which would lead to my certification being renewed or being able to get paid what someone with 15 plus years of experience and a doctorate degree should be. So there became many what if questions around both why I took the job in the first place and definitely when I left. Initially, I wondered things like, what if I were placed in a different grade level or even a different school? What if we had others who could help lighten the discipline load, like a dean of students or even guidance counselors? But then I started wondering things like, what if things get better soon and the students start to calm down? What if I'm able to finally start spending more of my time on doing things related to instruction? What if I just wait until my certification renews? What if I just stick it out for a while to gain experience before finding another administrative experience somewhere else? I guess I just felt like those things weren't worth the risk when the opportunity for me to return to a job that I really loved had become available again and I didn't really know if I'd ever get that chance again. Ultimately, I just knew that I wanted to stay grounded in my own ideals and it's the advice that I give you at the end of each and every episode of this podcast, which is to realize that you are a leader no matter who you are or where you are. I still hold strong to my beliefs that leaders can lead regardless of their role or title and that that style of labelless leadership is truly transformational, inspirational, and powerful. So I decided to jump back into a role that allows me to focus all of my energy and efforts on truly improving instruction, supporting teachers, and finding innovative solutions to challenges related to teaching and learning. I don't regret the time that I spent in that New York district as an assistant principal. I really feel like it was a very valuable experience for me, and I haven't ruled out being an assistant principal again in the future. I also still think that much of what has happened to me over the past several months might just be a case of bad timing, probably combined with important lessons about careful decision-making and prioritization. 
I actually want to publicly thank the superintendent, assistant superintendent, and other administrators from the district who showed tremendous care and concern for me and did try to support me while I was there. As a matter of fact, the superintendent was so supportive that once he found out that I had resigned, he called me in for a meeting. In the meeting, he told me that he already saw what I was capable of, and he offered to find me another opportunity in the district that would make me happier and get me to want to stay, including transferring me to another school. For that, I am extremely grateful. It actually made my decision to leave much more difficult. What I learned the most from my experience is that I was actually starting to get pretty good at the job. There were lots of things that I was learning and still needed to learn. The fact was, though, that I was receiving so much positive feedback from staff, students, and their parents, and it really started to hit me that the interactions I was having with them were making a difference. And it does make me sad to think that I was just beginning to make an impact, but that I still wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I really just didn't feel like it was fulfilling enough to me. A question that almost haunts me still is, does that mean I was too selfish? At the end of the day, it all came down to what would be best for me and my family, and I still feel like I made the right choice, however difficult it might have been. I gave up the potential to make a lot more money, and depending on how you look at it, a bigger impact. But what I returned to is a life with less stress and accountability, and one in which I can wake up an hour later in the morning to see at least one of my kids and my wife before they go to school and work, and maybe even more importantly, spend a considerably less amount of time in the car and sitting in heavy traffic. I also need to address another aspect of my life that should improve. Back in September, when I went for a mandatory physical exam that was needed as part of the onboarding process in my new district, I expected to hear the doctor tell me that I was a little too overweight. But blood work for the second time in three years showed that my blood sugar is still at a level that indicates pre-diabetes and that my cholesterol level is too high. Part of my decision-making process had to now include not just mental health, but my own physical health as well. Diabetes definitely runs in my family, and having turned 40 earlier this year, I figure I'm probably at a point in my life when I really can't run away from these things anymore. So I'm taking my doctor's orders to seek the help of a nutritionist and work on improving my diet and exercise, and I'm trying to listen to my conscience, which tells me I should probably get away from things in life that may prevent me from becoming happy and healthy. So where do I go from here? Well, as far as my career goes, it should be obvious that I'm very happy to be back as an instructional coach in my Connecticut district. I'm pretty sure that at some point I will get the urge again to test the waters and try to climb back up the ladder of leadership and administrative opportunities. But for now, I'm happy being a non-administrative instructional leader in my district. I'm also happy to get some time back in my life to create content like this and to get back to something else I love, inspiring growth and innovation in educators everywhere. So I vow to revive this podcast and everything that the Leader of Learning brand has to offer. We will get back to more regular podcast episodes and more content going out across all social media channels, especially YouTube. I would even love to hear from you. If you have thoughts about what kind of content should be shared on Leader of Learning 
what guests you'd like for me to talk to, ways that you think I can improve the quality of the content, or anything that you think I should know, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through email and or any social media. Finally, I would just like to end by wishing you and your loved ones a happy and healthy holiday season. Uh, Christmas and New Year's are right around the corner. It has been quite a year for everyone. And so my sincere hope is that you are able to take the time you need to rest, reflect, and rejuvenate if necessary to leave 2021 in the past and to tackle 2022 head on. Thank you guys so much for listening and please be on the lookout for more regular episodes coming, especially in the start of 2022 and beyond. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.